Yelich sends one to right center and deep. Get up! Get up! Get out of here and go! For Yelich! He has tied the game with a booming home run. He got it all. Tied up 4-4 on a big home run the pitch. Ryan Braun sends it to right center and deep. Get up! What's going on, Ball and Glove loving Brewer fans? Welcome to the Brewers Trilogy podcast presented by the Wisconsin Sports Trilogy. I'm your host, Tyler. You can find me on Twitter at Tyler Kurth or read my articles by following Reviewing the Brew on Twitter. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Trilogy underscore pod or search us on YouTube, Wisconsin Sports Trilogy. Joining me, as always, is my cheesehead loving buddy, Trevor. He is the host of the Packers Trilogy podcast. You can find his writing at Dairyland Express and find him personally on Twitter at Bender underscore Trevor. So, how are you doing today, Trevor? Hey, I'm doing pretty great. We just got done recording our recap podcast for the big time victory over the Chicago Bears <laughs> and... I, I can't complain, Tyler. Can't complain at all. I'm pretty excited. First round by, um, and I forgot to mention it on the Packers podcast, but all you people that tell me that you don't want the first round by, I don't want to hear it because I do not agree with you and it's stupid. You want the first round by, you would much rather win three games and win the, and win the Super Bowl than win three games and lose in the Super Bowl. Just saying. <laughs> That's a fair way to look at it. I mean, think think like fantasy football. You want the first round by, right? Every time. Any yeah. game you can avoid playing is is worth it. <laughs> avoid any upsets, avoid any injuries. Just just relax exactly. and know you're moving on. <laughs> exactly. So, that's how I look at it. And then like from another standpoint, Wisconsin had a uh, pretty good week compared to Chicago. I mean, we beat the Bears, the Bucks beat the Bulls over the weekend. And now, when you think to the Chicago Cubs, they are just getting rid of all their players. So, <laughs> obviously, the big news out of Chicago, at least in terms of baseball, is that you Darvish was traded. Of course, Victor Caratini was sprinkled in there. Everybody kind of forgets about him. But traded to the Padres, who seem to be going World Series or bust here. And in return, they got Zach Davies and then four other prospects so they were two shortstops and two outfielders all ranked within the top 20 of the Padres organization uh, I guess the only ca- caveat is only one of those guys is over 20 years old the rest are all teenagers so a lot of development there to do but what were your first reactions when you heard about this trade you Darvish is is good right we know this we know he's a good pitcher and you know I felt like for a while there Maybe it was because of um, his first two years in Chicago that Cubs fans were like, get him out of here anyways. Because 2018 ERA, 4.95. 2019, 3.98 for ERA. His FIP in both those years was above four. 
And then he had a great year in 2020, albeit the shortened season, all of those caveats that come with 2020. But he had a great year, 2.01 ERA. He led the league in that FIP metric at 2.23. You know, second in Cy Young, got some MVP votes, all of these different things. He was very good in 2020. So to me, you got to get a haul, and I won't pretend to know what these prospects are and how good they are, but to get four prospects ranked in any system's top 20 is a good thing. And yes, they're young, but that means, you know, we're the, the Cubs are going to have to what? Wait and see four or five years probably for a lot of these guys, if not more, um, which always sucks with trades in baseball, but that's the nature of the beast in baseball. And you just, as if you're a Cubs fan, you just kind of have to hope for those prospects to shake out and hope that you Darvish goes back to the guy that was, that he was in 2018 and 2019. Cause otherwise if he continues what he did really in 2020, but also the rest of his career in the majors, yeah, that might be a tough pill to swallow for Cubs fans, which I'm okay with. of course. <laughs> right. I'm okay with that too. I mean, I think Cubs fans were frustrated with him up until this point because when he joined the team in, what, 2017, he signed that six-year, $126 million deal, and then it wasn't quite living up to those expectations when he first delivered. But obviously, like I said, you said, second in Cy Young votes in 2020 for whatever it's worth. Um, I think that definitely kind of you know bumped up his value a little bit. Um but, I mean, granted, you, you still don't know what you're going to get. And it, I think it's a great move for the Padres, who are just, I mean, they got Darvish, they got Snell, they got that freaking shortstop from the Japan League, who I can't remember what his name is. I mean, they're going all in. So so good for them. But in all reality, I hope these prospects for the Cubs don't pan out, because that would be great <laughs> for us. And you take a look at like other losses that the Cubs have had this year. They lost Schwarber. They decided to non-tender him. Uh, Lester was a free agent. Quintana, Chatwood, Jeremy Jeffress, Jason Kipnis. I mean, they're losing a lot of pitching. I mean, their offense might still be there. They're still going to have the Rizzo, Bryant, Baez, how they perform to be determined. But pitching, man... I think they're going to be hurting as we look towards 2021. And it, it kind of makes you think like they might be towards the middle of the bottom part of the vision. Or am I wrong in thinking that? I don't. I think you're pretty spot on. You know, you lose a pitcher like you, Darvish. That's a big loss in itself. And then all of the other guys you're talking about, like Lester, Quintana, Chatwood, Jeffress, the, I, none of these players are in their prime anymore. But they're players that are good. Like, they're relatively good pitchers, right? And Quintana was one guy that, like, I feel maybe he's just a Brewers killer because I feel like every time the Brewers are playing against Quintana, he just throws a gem. It just, that just feels like what happens. And I am looking back at his overall stats. Since 2016, when he was an all-star and got Cy Young votes that year. That's the only year he's done either of those things in his career. Um, but since that season, he's kind of gone on a downward trajectory. But 2017, above a four. And 
2018, he was just above a 4 ERA, 4.03, and that was his best season since that 2016 season where he was an all-star. So he's kind of been going in a downward direction. Um, But to me, so I kind of get why they are moving on from him. I understand it. But like I said, as a Brewers fan, it just felt like every time he was on the mound, the Brewers were going to be in for a tough day. Um, Jeffress, who came out of nowhere again, and really started pitching extremely well after struggling recently with the Brewers before he moved on from the Brewers. I think Jeffress is a good pitcher too. Like we'll we'll definitely have to see what happens. But as I'm looking at it right now, if I was a Cubs fan, I would not be very confident in what I'm looking at moving forward because you know you get rid of a guy, Jeremy Jeffress again, another guy, 1.54 ERA. Again, shortened season, all of those things. But a 1.54 ERA. 2018, he had a 1.29. And that was in 73 appearances. So that's not a small sample size. He had that one bad year in 2019. 5.02 ERA. His FIP wasn't that bad, but that was his one really, really bad year. He had a not great year in 2017 as well. But a lot of that was from his time not in Milwaukee because apparently he's just not good when he's outside of Milwaukee. But to me, like, he's still a good pitcher. I know he's 32, going to be 33. But to me, that that's a big thing for the Cubs. Losing all of those pitching, that's, that's a huge thing that they're losing out on. It certainly is. And Ryan Tapera is another name that they're losing in the bullpen. He's just been kind of one, one of their steady Eddie guys. I mean, I, I was I wrote an article like in November about how I thought the Brewers should go after him. So another name there. And I mean, and then you think like, OK, you got Zach Davies, which is going to be really weird seeing him in a Cubs uniform. But he's only under club control for one more year. So <laughs> it's like you'll, you who knows what version of Zach Davies you're going to get next year. But then we're going to have to pay him right after that. So and, it's weird. And and Davies, for as much as I liked the guy, he's not to the level of some of those other guys, right? Like, he can be a solid pitcher. He could be that high three, low four ERA type of pitcher. And if he's on, he can be better than that. But it's hard for him because of his pitching style, his velocity, it's going to be hard for him to be dominant throughout a whole year um, because he has to be like damn near perfect with his stuff to be that good. So to me, he has, you know, that four or five starter type of ceiling. And it's also his floor at the same time. It's kind of a weird thing. It, It just seems like that's where he is, but you're losing guys like you Darvish who, is a number one and can be a good number one. You're you're losing guys like Quintana. Like I said before, he's kind of slipping as of late in his career, but he's been a solid pitcher. You know, there's other guys that they're losing. Chatwood, Jeffress, they've all had roles and significant roles in relatively recent history that you're losing out on. And Zach Davies, like I said, for as much as I like the guy, he's kind of that four or five starter in a rotation, which is a good thing to have, 
but also when you're losing the amount of pitching the Cubs are, it's a big hit for them. Most certainly. I mean, you just have to hope that him and Hendricks don't become buddies because they're like the model of control with pitching styles. I mean, velocity-wise, they got to be like near the bottom of the league. So hopefully they don't build upon one another and (laughs) and talk because that that could spell a little bit of trouble uh, for anyone when both of those guys are on. But enough about the Cubs. Fuck the Cubs. Let's move on to the Pirates because they seem to make some stupid-ass decisions. So they traded away, as Trevor mentioned before we started recording, their best player. Granted, a very down year in 2020, but Josh Bell was shipped off to the Nationals for two pitching prospects. So Will Crow is one pitching prospect from the Nationals they'll get. He is their number third-ranked prospect. Um, He actually has limited major league experience. And then they're also getting Eddie Yeen, the national sixth-ranked prospect, another pitcher who has yet to pitch above uh, single A ball. So um, the Pirates need pitching, but very interesting way to go about it. I mean, I think Bell had two more years of club control left, if I remember correctly. Um, But what were your thoughts when you first saw this trade? Well, I saw it about three minutes ago. Uh, <laughs> no, I saw it before we started recording. Uh, but like when I look at this, it's all about how the Pirates see these prospects, right? You, Especially in baseball, but throughout professional sports, you really don't know what you're getting when you get prospects outside of the Tatises of the world, right? Like you, a lot of times you... You can hope, you can say, oh, I know what I got here, but you never truly know. Um, and being number three and number six in the Nationals system, I feel like that means there isn't a guarantee with them. Like they're not top, top end. Well, they are top end, but they're not that truly elite type of prospect. So it's all about what the pros- the Pirates think of these two guys. And clearly they think, pretty highly of them right and you know for the pirates sake i guess you hope that they're able to to hit with these two but to me even though they're highly ranked prospects in the system like i just feel like for your best player and a guy who like tyler said you know he did have a down year but he's still a very good player to get rid of him for two prospects I just feel like it's, it's kind of tough for me, but we'll, we'll kind of have to see what they're able to do um, with those two prospects and, and really how long it takes for them to get up there. You know, sounds like Will Crow will be up there right away or soon. Um, but yeah, we'll just have to wait and see. I think the Nationals got better. I think the Pirates bettered their farm system and that's that's about it because I definitely think the Pirates get worse with this trade because Josh Bell is that good. He's 28 years old, so he's not he, he's not close to declining yet. He has a career um, on base percentage about 350, slugging above 450 at 466, uh, OPS of 800, 814 for his career OPS, like. He's a good player. He's a damn good player. And the Pirates traded him. You know, maybe they got two very, very great pitchers in the MLB in the next couple of years. But to give away a sure thing in Josh Bell is is tough for me. 
Yeah, it certainly is. I mean, there's still some more questions with the Pirates, too. Like, Joe Musgrove might get moved. They might look to move some of their offensive pieces, like the the Morans of the world or um, Frasers. Um, I don't know. I think the Pirates are still trying to restock their farm system. They, they don't feel confident in their major league guys that they have right now, which is unfortunate for them because I really thought Josh Bell could have been, like, someone you build around. And... Now they just got rid of them. So not really sure what's going on in Pittsburgh. But you know what? It doesn't matter to me. They're in the NL Central. They can and, just keep throwing it away. I don't care. <laughs> and the Nationals go from one franchise type of player at first base to a, potentially another one over there uh, for the Nationals. So they're, they're keeping that position well stocked because they had Zimmerman there forever. And now they have Josh Bell, like I said, who's 28 years old, who could be there another five, six, seven, eight years. So and and be good for those that amount of time. So definitely, I feel like the Nationals won this, but you don't truly know until you see what those prospects are. I agree. And Zimmerman's a good point because he opted out of the 2020 season. And I think maybe I don't know if it's been officially announced if he's coming back or not yet but I feel like if the DH was going to be coming back there might have been a chance but kind of seems unlikely now that especially seeing how they have Josh Bell not that Zimmerman was an everyday player now at this point in his career anyway but still regardless food for thought there with the Nationals otherwise in the NL Central we have the St. Louis Cardinals my most hated hated team um, they're using or losing Yadier Molina, which I think a lot of people forget that he was one of the catchers on the open market. I think he's made it very clear that he has no intentions of returning to the Cardinals, which is obviously great for us. <laughs> and I think their pitching staff might take a hit as well because he's been basically been their pitching coach for since he's been there. So that's going to be one thing to monitor. Uh, Adam Wainwright, uncertain if he's coming back. The Cardinals declined the year, their option on Colton Wong. So, granted, their offense kind of sucked to begin with. They said we're not going to bring one of our better guys back, which is, I think, related to COVID and losing money and trying to manage all that. And then they're also losing Dakota Hudson for all of 2021 due to Tommy John surgery. So, Cardinals in the money managing department, uh, not making any strides. I'm sure their fan base is just as frustrated as us Brewer fans are. Um, but I think, I, I hope the Brewers make some moves to give a little bit of an edge, at least on paper, as we head into the 2021 season. But what are your thoughts on the Cardinals here? It, does Adam Wainwright have a fucking bionic arm? How can he still <laughs> throw the fucking baseball? I have no idea. <laughs> He's 39 in like. It's not like he just, like, throws an inning at a time. No, that guy, I do not understand how that guy is still throwing the baseball. He's been in the league, well, of meaningful actual time, 2006. He had two innings pitched in 2005. But he's been in the league forever, 15 years, like, and they've all been with St. Louis. Like, to me, just... Dude, just retire. Like, I, oh my gosh, it's incredible to me that he was still pitching. Um, but definitely when you say Wainwright future, Wainwright's future is uncertain, like that just makes me feel good because I know the pitcher he was and like him not being in St. Louis makes me feel a lot better. Yadier Molina, I can't stand that guy. 
get him out of there. That's fine with me. Um, but they've definitely taken some hits. And from the information I have, because I am not up on everything that happens with signings and all that stuff, but they've taken a lot of hits, but they haven't really gotten anything back. They haven't gotten anything in return. They haven't taken a step forward. So to me, the Cardinals take a big step back while the Brewers, maybe they don't take a big step forward, but they definitely don't, don't take that big step back that the Cardinals did this offseason. Yeah, I agree with that assessment. I mean, you just kind of have to hope at this point the Cardinals don't add anyone. <laughs> that would be some of the best case scenarios here, at least a big significant player anyway. The last NL Central team, though, is losing a very significant player. So the Cincinnati Reds are going to lose Trevor Bauer. He is going somewhere else. I thought, hoped maybe he would sign a one-year deal with a team, but it sounds like he's getting offers anywhere from four to six years. He's been asking for around Garrett Cole money, which I think is a little bit ridiculous. Um, I don't think he's going to quite get that, but, you know, whatever. You can ask for it, Bauer. That's that's just his personality. <laughs> Uh, either way, he's not going to be a Cincinnati Red. The, the Reds are trying to get rid of payroll, and they're going about it in a really weird way because they're kind of exploring options with their pitching. Because they obviously signed a shitload of free agents last offseason in terms of offense, like Mike Moustakis. Um, shoot, what's that one guy from the outfielder from the Cubs? Blanking on his name. Uh, whatever. But they're shopping Sonny Gray right now, who is... One of their better starting pitchers. I mean, he's set to make $10 million in 2021, $10 million in 2022, and then has a $12 million option in 2023. Um, But they're looking to get rid of from a position of strength, which is weird when you think about the Reds because normally you think offense. But the last couple years, pitching has been carrying them, and now they're looking to explore getting rid of those and shed some salary that way. So... Very, very strange. Um, but what have you made of the Reds so far this offseason? Castellanos, Tyler. Ah, yeah, that's what I was thinking of. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, if you've listened to this podcast more than a couple times, I'm sure you've heard me say something along the lines of, I love Trevor Bauer. I, I just, I, I like the different kind of attitude that he brings to baseball. I like that. Um, I think he's a good pitcher on top of that. <laughs> like you said, he's. I don't think he's anywhere near Garrett Cole money. To my eyes, Garrett Cole is just on another level from him. But, you know, I guess he can ask what he wants. Whether he gets it or not is another question. But it, it's definitely interesting, you know, losing Trevor Bauer, potentially getting rid of Gray, I I mean it just it just feels like exactly what's happening to the rest of the NL Central the Reds are no different right it seems like everyone's taking a step back and I think you can put the Brewers in that as well it's just how big of a step back is everyone taking to me the Cubs have taken a bigger step back the Pirates trading their best player have taken a bigger step back Cardinals same thing part of that is you know losing Dakota Hudson for a year not like shipping him off, trading him, anything like that. It's not that related, you know, injury-related type of thing. But losing him is a big blow. Cardinals take a big step back. Reds are taking a big step back as well. Like, I feel like maybe the Brewers weren't the best team in 2020, and they weren't. But they didn't take as big a step backs as 
the rest of the NL Central, which I think is important. And I feel like that's what you guys are here for. That's what you want to. That's what you want to hear. Everyone in the NL Central took bigger steps back than the Brewers did. So, and a team that was contending for the NL Central crown last year, you know, that could make you feel a little bit better, even though you might not feel great about what the Brewers have been able to do this offseason, all of those types of things. Knowing that the rest of the NL Central is going through worse, it looks like and feels like, based on all of the moves that have happened, to me, there is at least some glimmer of hope for Brewers fans, I feel like. It, it definitely makes me feel a little better knowing that the Cubs and Cardinals especially are taking big steps back. The Reds, the Pirates, you know, I have a little bit more sympathy for those organizations, but having the Cubs and Cardinals really start sucking, that would just make my year. <laughs> it certainly would. It would make 2021 off to a great start if if they struggle all year round. Uh, so um, I will agree with that. I mean, overall, this offseason off has just been very strange. I mean, you're seeing more players sign overseas. Eric Thames and Justin Smoke both signed in Japan with the Yomari Giants. Justin Smoke was actually guaranteed 6 to $7 million to go play in Japan. Like, yeah, mind-blowing. And then you have Tanaka, the pitcher from the Yankees. He's talking about going back and playing overseas. So I think these owners are just being so stubborn. I mean, we might see more players leave and go over there um, because they're going to get more money with how stuck up everyone is being so far this year. Granted, everyone lost money, whatever, COVID, blah, blah, blah. But just been a very strange offseason. But I think overall it kind of sets the Brewers up in a good position. Like, you make a couple good signings, heck, maybe maybe even make a splash, just a tiny one. And you all of a sudden, you're going to be, like, the favorites for the NL Central again. So I, I kind of like the way the offseason's going so far. I mean, now you just – it's just a waiting game. Like, you hope Stearns and Adonacio make something happen here in the next couple weeks because the longer it goes on – I don't know. <laughs> I thought it was always a good thing, but I don't want to see players go overseas. I don't want to see them sign for cheap with another team. So let's bring some players in here in January. That's what I would like to see. That would be nice, and it would definitely make me feel better. And I'd rather see one small to medium splash than dipping your toe in with the like minimum level, like very minimal level free agents. Like, Kind of what happened last year, you know, the the signings of Sogard and Brock Holt and and, and then these guys that, you know, are going to be fine players or potentially could be fine players, but are nothing extraordinary. Let, let's get someone that can make a little bit of splash. Let, let's get a, and I don't know everyone on the market, but let's get someone in one of the corner infield positions or let's go out and get a starting pitcher that has more than you know, a uh, number five starter type of ceiling in 2021. Like, let's make a little bit of a splash. Let's make them make maybe a little bit higher risk type of play to get someone that potentially could have a bigger impact in 2021. Because as we mentioned, that could be the difference this year with the NL Central potentially taking a step back. That could be your in. That could be your way into the playoffs and... It's like anything. Get into the dance. Let's 
see what you can do there. And you have Christian Yelich. You have Keston Hira. You have guys that can – Brandon Woodruff, Corbin Burns. You have these guys that in the postseason could definitely help make a run. So let's get them help during the regular season so they can make that big-time postseason run. Most certainly. Let's make the postseason for the fourth year in a row. That is the ultimate goal. I mean, be the first time ever. Obviously, three was the first time ever, so four, no-brainer. <laughs> oh, man, my brain cells are firing on all cylinders here as we start 2021. <laughs> so hope you enjoyed that analysis. But I think that is going to wrap us up here for today. We will be back next week, unless, of course, a major signing happens between now and then. Then, of course, we'll cover it. So wishful thinking there now it's going to happen but (laughs) most likely it will not so we will probably talk to you next monday see you later brewer fans yeah now it'll happen before we even put this podcast up (laughs) (laughs) trust in stearns